The world's economies run on their supply chains. Understanding them is the key to keeping global products moving. Welcome to Supply Chain in the Fast Lane, a series of business podcasts co-produced by the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals and Supply Chain Quarterly. In this series of episodes, we explore the digitalization of supply chains. Supply Chain in the Fast Lane is brought to you by DHL Supply Chain. At DHL Supply Chain, we're all in on continuous innovation that accelerates digitalization of the end-to-end supply chain. DHL Supply Chain, all innovation, no boundaries. Learn more at dhl.com slash all in. Today, we focus on robotics and automation. Here is your moderator, Supply Chain Quarterly's Managing Editor, Diane Rand. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Our guest today is Jim Lawton, Vice President and General Manager of Robotics Automation at Zebra Technologies. Jim, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, it's an exciting time for robotics in the supply chain. Uh, What trends have you noticed lately with robotics and automation in the warehousing space, especially? It is. It is. It's a really exciting time. And one of the one of the shifts that we've seen recently has been this um, change in the appetite for automation in warehouse and distribution from more of a sort of an intellectual curiosity or what has been viewed as a you know science experiment to much more you know is becoming a core driver of efficiency and, and and productivity and that's definitely something that we've seen you know evolve over the last couple of years. Um, we recently at Zebra did a um, warehouse vision study and what we found was um, 90% of warehouse operators agree that they must implement new technology in order to be competitive, particularly with the on-demand economy. Um, and then 80% of warehouse operators agree that they have to rely more on on automation in the future. And so as we probed into, you know, so what's really going on, what's sort of driving this is really two big drivers. The first was, um, you know, the pandemic has, has changed the way that, that, that you and I as consumers order online. Um, you know what, what? What I like to refer to is sort of the the, the Amazonification, if you will. Um, so you know, we want the right product. We want it right now. Um, you know what? What, uh, what used to be years and years ago, the Sears catalog, where something showed up in a couple of weeks, and then it turned into a week, and then a couple of days, and you know, and now we get frustrated if it doesn't show up the same day. And so, um, you know, another study had shown that 94% of us are planning to buy at least as much, if not more, online. And so. This warehouse, this sort of once humble warehouse, is now the place where you know customers are won um, or lost, and so it's becoming a critical component of the supply chain. Um, the, the second big one is really uncertainty and, and variability. Um, you know, all of us in the supply chain like to say, "Look, if everything happened according to plan, it would all be perfect." And we all know a lot of what makes for resilient supply chains are those that are able to sort of accommodate this, you know, this uncertainty. And so. Um, you know, it's impossible uh, really to anticipate, you know, when, where, how disruptions are going to occur. And so building supply chains with much more, you know, flexibility, design them so that they're, you know, easy to use. Um, robots are easy to deploy. They're easy to redeploy. Uh, you can do something in the morning with a robot different than what you do in the afternoon. It just makes these supply chains much more, you know, resilient. And so we're seeing that drive a lot of interest in, uh, in robotics. And do you find that some of the companies that you're working with are asking you more about just even maintenance for the robots and the automation? Is it getting, is it easy for them to implement and maintain 
the robotics and automation within their warehousing space. I know for me personally, the technology might seem a little bit, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm not, you know, a, an engineer or whatnot. Um, so I was just wondering how um, that has changed over the past few years too with automation. Yeah, I'm glad you raised that. That's, that's one of the big changes that we've really seen. I mean, the first robotics went into a manufacturing production environment in the early 1960s. They're very complex to deploy um, historically. They require a lot of expertise. I mean, the, 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 the analogy I sometimes use, if anybody has seen, you know, Apollo 13, the movie, they show, you know, at one point, they, uh, all the engineers gather around a table, they dump a bunch of parts on there and say, look, this is, this is what the astronauts have up in space. We've got to help them figure out how to get back. That, I mean, that is what a historical implementation of a robot looks like. Um, and so you have a robotic arm, you have cameras, you have sensors, you have wires, you put them all together and you know spend hours and hours getting them to work. What we've done with robotics over the last five to 10 years is really um, relieve that sort of engineering burden that we've unintentionally sort of dumped on the the operators of supply chains and you know and built much more of that into the software itself and so you don't have to be a roboticist you don't have to be a computer science or an automation engineer in order to be able to deploy robots what you need is what supply chain operators have which is a really good understanding of how their processes work uh, the result of that though has been that um, robots are, be, are now able to be used by so many more uh, companies and organizations that they were in the past um, you know, for years and years, uh, most robots were used in large tier one automotive, um, and it's really making them, you know, accessible to smaller companies and companies outside of the automotive industry. It just sounds a lot more flexible than it was maybe even just 10 years ago, which is exactly yep. really great for the supply chain space. Well, I know you've been working with this technology for the past 10 years. What was it that captured your interest and made you gravitate toward robotics? Yeah, so, so my career has always been in manufacturing, supply chain. I actually started out of graduate school at Hewlett Packard. I ran supply chain operations for them for one of their business units and did that for about 10 years. And, and then I got more into the technology provider side. So on the solution side in e-commerce, um, uh, multi-echelon inventory optimization, supply risk management. And then, and then 10 years ago, I got really interested in the ways that software was becoming core to the innovation that we have come to expect from hardware, you know, like phones and tablets, and now autonomous cars. Um, and so, you know, I just found that area really intriguing, but looking, you know, at, at an even broader scale and specifically including, uh, you know, including robotics. And so, you know, I, I was at a point in my career where I was looking to, you know, try something challenging and, and uh, you know, maybe a little bit riskier um, and, um, you know, ventured back into the, you know the the heady and volatile world of the startup, um, but but I couldn't stop thinking about and and had gotten really excited about you know what are all of these technological advances, um, you know what might they mean for you know for operations and so uh, you know so I took a leap of faith and um, joined a, a startup in collaborative robots and I've been in the robotic space ever since. Well, and certainly speaking of either the industry and so much is changing, but one thing that has kind of been constant is, you know, labor has been an issue for years. And so with robotics and automation, you know, labor shortages are, of course, we know making it harder and harder to fully like staff on a warehouse or a distribution center. So do you think that the robotics and automation help comp 
companies solve this challenge? Are you seeing that over the over the years that it, it really is helping in the labor labor shortage area for a lot of these companies? Absolutely. Yeah, we, we really are. I mean, I can't talk with a uh, an executive inside a, a supply chain or a manufacturing company without at some point the topic of labor comes up. I was okay. at a, a customer of ours not too long ago and they 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 have adopted a strategy where they're hiring temporary workers because they can't hire enough full-time and so they have new temporary workers come in every Monday morning and their shift their first shift starts at 6 and goes to 2:30 and the second one starts uh, at 2:30 um, the 6 a.m. shift a bunch of new temporary workers come in every Monday morning um, what he told me was by lunchtime 50% of them have quit really um, oh, so you know, as, as a you know as a as a you know, operations guy trying to get my head around, like, how do you sort of um, manage uh, and deliver, um, you know, um, the outcomes of an operation when you've got sort of that level of, you know, that level of volatility in your staffing? And so attracting talent, retaining talent, um, you know, robots um, allow you to, um, you know, supplement the talent that you already have. Um, sometimes you can target them at specific tasks that, you know, people aren't necessarily good at or, or don't enjoy. And so, so that's been a, um, a, a direct impact um, of robotics that we've seen. But, but, but the longer term piece, though, too, and, and, and I believe this is a, an important takeaway for your audience is um, robots also offer a, you know, compelling solution in, in, in terms of attracting uh, talent over the long term. Again, referencing the, 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 the vision study that we had, that we had done recently, 92% of warehouse associates agree that technology advances make uh, warehouse environments more attractive. Um, and so there was a there was a there was a study that was done. Uh, Tallow Data Insight did it, and it and, and it was on where does Gen Z want to work? And um, manufacturing roles um, were 3.5%. Um, transportation, okay. distribution, logistics, warehouse was 2.9%. The, the the number one thing on the list that the top of the list was stem jobs at 37 percent and so one of the things if you think about what robots do is they they take the more menial tasks the jobs that are you know dirty and dull and dangerous and 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 they convert them into you know enviable roles you know that um, working working with or managing ro uh, robots you know that that are that are much more desirable, and so in addition to sort of addressing some of the short-term labor challenges, I think they're also you know when we talk about sort of the future of work, that they're making these environments much more uh, attractive places for people to work. Which is great, and actually this kind of segues into my last question for you. You know, what kinds of applications are robots best suited for in the distribution center, which you did already highlight? But mm -hmm. uh, to follow up to that is where do they not make sense? Yeah, so let me let me give you an example. So, uh, you know, if I were going to go surfing, I would need um, I need a bathing suit, I would need a surfboard, um, I would need some sunscreen. If you think about a typical um, warehouse and you have robots assisting you with the the picking operation, getting the sunscreen, getting the the bathing suit, I mean, those are easy to get onto a robot. And so there are ways that robots are using being used today for zone based robot assisted each picking where um, a human will go to a particular spot, a robot will go to a particular spot, you'll pick up the bathing suit, put it into a tote, and then off it goes. Eventually it goes to a, you know, to pack out and and, and to me as a consumer. Um, the surfboard doesn't fit on the robot. 
Um, and so there are always going to be things in manual processes um, that are better um, suited for, you know, a person with a cart, for example. Um, and yet at the same time, I want both of those things to show up, uh, you know, at my house at the same time because I, you know, I can't or shouldn't go, you know, surfing without without either one of them. Um, and so the ability to sort of orchestrate the work that's being done with the robots with the tasks that are better suited, you know, for for humans is is um, you know, so that, you know, so that represents you know an example. Um, one of the things in the in the picking operation, um, if you look historically, about 50% of a picker's time is spent walking, so traveling to the location where the pick needs to happen. There's another 20 or so searching, like where do I need to grab the item, and 15% of the time actually doing the picking. Um, when you have robots assist, almost all of the travel goes away, so it's about 10% of the time walking around. Um, almost all of the searching goes away. I mean, it's near zero because the robots know and will stop right in front of the place where you're trying to pick, and then they'll highlight, you know, this is where, you know, this is what it is you're trying to pick, and will show an image up on the screen, um, which gives you 90% of their time, uh, the workers' time, uh, to be able to do the picking, which is something that um, people are uniquely good at. It even despite all of the innovation uh, that we've seen in the robotic space and vision and AI. Um, people are still faster at figuring out how to pick, how to grasp, um, specifically when it deals with, you know, a heterogeneous set of um, items that you're picking. Um, so, so, so those are places where um, the goal is to optimize the efficiency of the humans and supplement them with the robots doing the, the traveling around the warehouse. Well, it's certainly going to be exciting to see what the next 10 years brings. So thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate it. Today, we've been talking with Jim Lawton, Vice President and General Manager of Robotics Automation at Zebra Technologies, and this has been Supply Chain in the Fast Lane. Supply Chain in the Fast Lane is a co-production of the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals and Supply Chain Quarterly. This episode has been brought to you by DHL Supply Chain, at DHL Supply Chain, we're all in on continuous innovation that accelerates digitalization of the end-to-end -end supply chain. DHL Supply Chain, all innovation, no boundaries. Learn more at dhl.com slash all in. Please subscribe to Supply Chain in the Fast Lane wherever you get your podcasts.